This is WCM's Park Update, a weekly show covering the outdoor hospitality industry hosted by Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. During each episode, you'll hear from special guests and campground experts on topics that will help your park flourish. WCM's Park Update is a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Hi, I'm Ben Quiggle, editor of Woodall's Campground Magazine, and welcome to another episode of WCM's Park Update. Of course, my esteemed co-host, Mike Gast, um, former vice president of communications at KOA, uh, writer. He just does a lot of different things. So a marketing wizard. So uh, oh, yeah, and I keep always, Ben from telling too many lies too. It's always, it's always great to be with Mike. And our guest today is Rue Mapp with uh, founder of Outdoor Afro. And it is just great to finally meet you, Rue. I know I've heard a lot about you um, in the organization. I guess just to start things off, can you just quickly tell us, I guess, what, what does the organization do? Yeah, so Outdoor Afro is a national not-for-profit organization that celebrates and inspires Black leadership and connection to the outdoors. And uh, we do that through a participation network of volunteers who we've trained that now touches north of 60,000 people in over 30 states. Okay. Wow. You know, Rue, I, I met Rue, gosh, you know, more than a decade ago, probably. We, yeah. we were doing an event in uh, Ventura Ranch, KOA in California. Uh, for bloggers slash, I guess, influencers at the time is, is the term that came along. And, right. and back then you were just getting started and just getting some traction. We had a lot of fun there. And it was it was really the, uh, the first uh, effort, I guess, in an organized way to, to, at yours, it was the first effort to get minority interest in the outdoors really organized. And it, it, it's amazing what's happened in that in that decade since what's uh, how much traction you've gotten and it, it's it's really something again the audience for, for what we're talking to today is a lot of campground owners and managers who know that historically camping has been a real uh you know not minority activity that the, the RV ownership over the years the the campground crowd was was pretty homogenic and and so it, it didn't really take into account uh marketing for for uh, minority interests and and just programming in general, and that's really changed a lot. And a lot of that's due to the efforts like yours. And it, it's it's not really a, a militant thing. It's it's really a, a, a passive educational tact that you've taken. That's really been effective. Well, for me, it's a love story, and it's also about a compelling invitation. And when you understand the communities you want to connect with. Um, it makes that invitation more meaningful. And I have just really leaned more into that vision of how this work works. I mean, you know, I was a Girl Scout when I was, you know, uh, in elementary school and I joined a new moms group in the Bay Area when I was a new mom. And so I really appreciate the power of affinity groups to help build confidence mm -hmm. and give you a platform to feel like, okay, I learned this here in this nurturing environment, and now I can go out and experience it in other ways. So, yeah. what do you think held? What do you think held minorities back from being campers right off the bat? I mean, there was a there's a lot of stories out there now about folks that were that didn't feel welcome in the outdoors or just didn't feel comfortable in that setting. Uh, how has that changed over the years? Well, you know, one of the things that occurred right after the start of Outdoor Afro wasn't this, you know, 
realization that we weren't, it was that actually we were, and it just wasn't depicted in the popular magazines of the day. And I offer to people examples that, you know, range from my family's history in the outdoors, but also ones that were quite deliberate and happened in the worst of times. Like I'm talking about Jim Crow era segregation, mm -hmm. that there were people who look like me who love the outdoors so much that they created their own, what I like to call oases, to get away from cities, to experience camping, um, time at the beach, mm -hmm. uh, uh, lodges for skiing, uh, Lake Ivanhoe, Link Lincoln Hills, the Inkwell. I mean, there are several of these places. And these are places that, you know, were not just places of, of recreation, but they were also uh, filled with outfitters, guides, innkeepers, and they contributed to the, the, you know, the earliest outdoor economy as we know it today. And so I think we just have to change the narrative from, you know, what people are depicted as doing, um, you know, that is so different than what people actually do. And that's what Outdoor Afro was this offering of. It was about changing the narrative. It was about pushing back stereotypes about what we believed certain communities did or didn't do. And this overall recognition that we just weren't looking in the right places. And so since we have been doing this work from the kitchen table blog version of it in 2009 to now, we have seen that visual representation shift from, you know, we don't see very much to, you know, an abundance of diversity of experiences, regions, and of course, people enjoying the outdoors in many different ways. Yeah. So how has that, that change affected the, the black community? Has it, has it just pushed it down so that children now are just not thinking about not getting in the outdoors anymore? They're more plugged in than they were before? Yeah, that's the thing that I really loved about this journey is that it's moved the needle to this ordinary place. You know, I knew that success for me wasn't going to mean, you know, a parade down Main Street or being on the cover of a magazine, but it was going to be like the quiet moment when we look up and we see people in proportion to their opportunity and their population enjoying the outdoors in many different ways. And it's no big deal. Um, so, I've really been, you know, thrilled by how people have incorporated the outdoors in ordinary ways. And I think that the pandemic was a huge push for many of us because I know that that's when I bought my first RV trailer. You know, there were campgrounds that you couldn't access. Uh, you didn't want to necessarily. You didn't want to share bathrooms, uh, you know, there was just a lot of disruption in accessibility. So there were people like me who were determined and pushed through those barriers to access by turning to alternative platforms like Hip Camp and other campground reservation systems. And like me, invested in RVs and other infrastructure in order to be able to still go outside because that was what we all needed. We all needed the outdoors for our sense of health and well-being and, and also for our sense of connection during 
what I would argue was a pretty lonely time for most mm -hmm. Americans and even, you know, people from around the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Outdoor Afro is really a, a grassroots organization. I think you've got at least some organization in like 60 cities now around the country. Yes, we are um, definitely. I mean, we have people in their own communities leading folks in the outdoors, people who would look like your auntie, your uncle, your cousin. Um, so, you know, this model that I think that traditional outdoor recreation and some environmental education has taken to like go into communities and get kids into the outdoors was something that we deliberately disrupted because we knew that getting out into the outdoors isn't just about the activity. It's also talking about like where to get a haircut or who's serving the best food or any number of life experiences that we know people will really connect with someone around. And then importantly, you know, we wanted to give people pathways in their own communities so that they could go back without us again and again and again. So we don't think of our influence and our reach is limited to the people who come out with us, but extends beyond that to help people have this representation of what's possible that they can do on their own. Yeah. So, so you guys are like through the, through this network, you guys create like trips and stuff or different like organized activities that minority yeah. groups participate in, I guess. Yeah. Any, any number of things, anything that okay. anyone else would want to do, anything that you can think about doing, we probably have done it. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and the, the volunteer leaders are so creative. I mean, it might look like in maybe a neck of the woods that could be called gathering at a craft store and making wreaths. Um, so it's about incorporating the outdoors in everyday life. And yeah, it can be about camping. It can be about hiking, but it doesn't have to be about, you know, being in extreme situations um, in order to connect in with our natural, you know, world and resources. Well, it, lo it looks like You've done quite a bit. I mean, I think you were on a turkey hunt, uh, what I was looking at, and then uh, you were on a cruise either in the Antarctic or uh, Alaska or one of the two. It looked pretty cold. So um, you, you've been doing a lot of different things. So Yeah, well, I mean, in, in addition to the work that I get to do, um, I have to also like walk my talk, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know, just for those, um, you know, out there who are wondering, like, whoop, turkey hunt. <laughs> Um, you know, my dad was an avid outdoorsman. Um, yeah. I, I grew up in a hunting, fishing lifestyle. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was a really good time um, during the pandemic for me to really take a, the time and the preparation to get back into it. Um, so I do all kinds of hunting, um, turkey hunting, duck hunting. Uh, I took my first buck in Wyoming. And wow. for me, it's so much about you know, the good food that you put on the table and the ways that you get to learn about these species in ways you just can't unless you're out there in the wild with them. And I've taken my RV with me on some of those adventures. Uh, so, you know, it, it incorporates all the things, you know, when you're out camping, you may be fishing, you may be doing a number of things in the outdoors. And that's what I love about the ways that we're helping people just get comfortable with the basics and from there you can build on all kinds of things that you like to do is that is that are stories like that kind of part of your new book because i know you're coming out with a new book uh nature swagger um it's coming out well it came out it comes out tomorrow november 1st 
Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so are some of those stories in that book, I guess, like what you're talking about? Like yes, yes. I mean, I used to be, uh, I, I've written all my life and uh, yeah. I was I was a diary um, enthusiast from the time that I was like nine years old. And I used to write a lot about my experiences in nature. And so this book for me feels like a diary all grown up. It's a chance for me to not only talk about my own story of growing up with the family that I did, my parents were, were from Texas and Louisiana. And while we were in California for all of my life, they brought with them the values of loving the outdoors and incorporating it into every part of our lives. And I didn't realize how special that was until I got much older. But it, this book is a chance for me to not only tell the story of my family, but the families and the individuals from all over the country who are disrupting the stereotype that black people don't have a relationship that's meaningful with the outdoors. And we've got a lot of different things in the book, but I think altogether there's not a person who doesn't talk about some form of love and their connection to the outdoors. And that's what this work has all, always been about for me. It is a love story. And, uh, and yeah, yes, we're specifically talking about the Black American community, but it's about the compelling invitation that comes through that. You know, I can tell you, hey, Michael and Ben, come uh, to Northern California and get some ice cream with me. And you'd be like, yeah, okay, that sounds like a good idea. But if I say, hey, let's go to Piedmont Avenue to Fenton's and get some Rocky Road. And if you are from Northern California, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's a much more compelling and exciting invitation. So we really think of ourselves in the same way, that very specific um, invitation and narrative share that really ultimately helps more people get involved. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, you've got a, an organization that also trains volunteers around the country. Yeah. Uh, which is, this is really uh, quite unusual, I think. And, and these volunteers go out and they, they, they lead, they lead these different events you've got around the country over, over a thousand events a year, virtual and in-person activities that, that you organize through Meetup. That's correct. And we, you know, I hear of organizations all the time. They say, oh, we've got a thousand volunteers. And I know they're probably, <laughs> you know, giving those folks a cookie and a t-shirt on a good day. But mm -hmm. what we do is that we carefully select people who, um, respond to the invitation that we make every year for people to become an outdoor Afro volunteer leader. And we are really, you know, honest about like what it is that we hope that you'll do. There's so much flexibility. This is still volunteerism. And so we just want folks to find time once a month to get people out in, in activities that they enjoy doing. And what that means is that you have so many different types of experts. There's some people who love fishing. There's some people who love camping. There's some people who love bicycle riding or birding. And so you get like this kind of fun diversity within the diversity in that you have people with a bunch of different interests who just all share this fire in their belly to connect people to the outdoors. And it comes of course, from all different parts of the country and so you've got different experiences that are available for people, depending on where they live, that make up an entire story of what you can do in the United States in the outdoors. Yeah. Well, uh, we have to take a break uh, to recognize our sponsor, but we'll be right back with Roadmap after the break. Thanks. 
WCM's Park Update is being brought to you by Woodall's Campground Magazine. For over five decades, Woodall's Campground Magazine has aimed to provide park owners and operators with the relevant industry news they need to run their businesses more efficiently. As times have changed, so has Woodall's Campground Magazine. Besides just its print publication, which is distributed to more than 14,000 industry professionals every month, the magazine also reaches readers through its various social media platforms, including Facebook at Woodall CM, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Woodall's Campground Magazine also offers a daily e-blast, which highlights the top news from the industry. The best part? Everything we do is advertiser-supported and free to our readers. As the outdoor hospitality industry continues to grow at a rapid pace, it is important to stay up to date on trends and other relevant news. Subscribe to Woodall's Campground Magazine at woodallscm.com. Well, welcome back to WCM's Park Update. I'm Ben Quiggle, and we are talking with Rue Mapp from Outdoor Afro just about some of the work she's been doing and uh, outreaching to minority communities, getting them outdoors. Um, I mean, it's just a great time to be outdoors. So everybody wants to go outdoors. So it's, it's uh, COVID's really played into that. And I mean, it's just fantastic the work that you guys are doing. I know we've spoken on this show to like um, people from Black Folks Camp too, and some different other organizations as well. And I know one of the things that they talk about is, you know, when we do talk with like some Black RVers about how they don't see other people that represent them on the road. Is that changing now with COVID? Are they seeing more of those people on the road, I guess, when they're in their RVs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the secret's out. Um, and I thank organizations, affinity organizations, you know, like the ones you mentioned, but also some of the glossy magazines of the day, certainly what you're doing right now is like when you put it out there, people go, oh, wow, like, they're just like, I didn't even know it was even possible. And so what's been really fun throughout this journey is showing people what they, you know, didn't know they didn't know, you know, like, I know for a fact, for people who are concerned about clean bathrooms for their children, or concerned about being warm, or maybe they have a bad back. I know I can talk about the RV experience as one solution that maybe people hadn't even considered before. Um, and, I, and I also talk about my experience in campgrounds. Um, I've been consistent in letting people know, like when you go to a campground, an RV campground in particular, it's like a pop-up you know, community, literally. You know, people are you know, willing to help, willing to be supportive, whether it's help with you know, backing into your site to, hey, here's some firewood I'm leaving behind for you or any other tips and tricks about a particular area you're visiting. And so I've just found that I know something about the outdoors, the outdoors is just, you know, when I, I remind people, you know, especially given how difficult it's been to talk about race and difference in the last few years, that you go outside, the trees don't know what color you are. You yeah. know, flowers are gonna bloom no matter how much money's in your account. The birds sing no matter who you voted for. And so I think that, nature just gives us this timeless lesson for how we can be um, not only with each other, but also be with ourselves. And I think that has really been the promise we've leaned into throughout our Afro is how can we heal? How can we connect? And how can we find our joy through outdoor experiences together? Yeah. So Rue, what, what would you like to tell campground owners and managers that what can they do to, to, 
open themselves up to this emerging market? Well, I would love to do whatever I can to be of help. Um, I think that campers, um, like myself, that's why I do a lot of outdoor activities myself, because I need to be in the lived experience of whatever the difficulties are, whatever the obstacles are. And I find that some of the biggest challenges is just being able to find the right campground. And so for those who are interested in, in hosting specific events, let us know about those opportunities. Mm -hmm. There are tons of people who love to do family trips. Um, one of my girlfriends and her family, they planned their RV trip for over a year and they just didn't know where to get started, find a place that could accommodate everyone. Um, and you know, not just letting people know, yes, I'm here, but what are your amenities? Do people have to have their own RV? Um, getting really specific about what people can expect is so important because what we're talking about is not just about race. We're talking about just busy working families. And if you're a busy working family, it's just really hard to pull yourself out of your usual routines. You've got on Sunday, you've got soccer games, take care of grandma, go to church, watch football, chill. <laughs> and you've got to make a compelling invitation to people in order for them to pull themselves away from those usual demands and allow people to just have as much exposure as possible. Consider publishing ads in the magazines and in the platforms where you know some new eyeballs will be able to discover what you have to offer. Um, because right now is a very ripe time. I mean, this is, obviously we want people from our own you know, generosity in our hearts to get into the outdoors, to camp, but there's a huge market opportunity. And I think we, we can't afford to be coy about that. And I think the more you tell people and share with people across different platforms, if you're not on social media, get on social media, get on Twitter, you know, name, name one of your, your campsites, you know, a name and give it a character and, and create narrative around that that can get people excited. So there's all kinds of fun ways that just weren't even available to us 10 years ago to leverage not only traditional media, but also social media to get people in excited and, and into the narrative of what the experience is at your campsite. And we talked a little bit about uh, RVing, quite a bit about RVing as a side, but there's so many other ways to get into it now. And I think yeah. a lot of folks that aren't experienced with camping uh, just automatically think tents on the ground, uncomfortable necessarily, hard to do, I've got to have some equipment. But there's so many other options now with with the cabins and the other facilities you see out there, the yurts, the, the mm -hmm. things that are available to rent per night on a campground that are super comfortable. And, and you've experienced that at Ventura Ranch where we, we've had the, the deluxe cabins. And and it, it, it truly is pick your level of, of camping comfort and still get that experience in the outdoors. That's right. Choose your own adventure. That's what I love about the outdoors. Like you don't have to be limited to suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and I think sometimes we think it's like you got to be suffering to be in the outdoors. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you might have to, you know, deal with the cold or, you know, sometimes things can be, you know, you know, a situation where you got to do a little problem solving, but you really don't have to suffer to camp. And I don't think we've done a good enough job to let people know about exactly what you talked about, Mike, that there are you know, you, you can drive up with your car and be in an RV community and have the accommodation of an RV or a cabin 
or you know some other way that that works for you and your family's needs yeah um I, yeah i mean like koas jelly stones there's a lot of them where it's not really a camping experience i i tent camp so like i sleep <laughs> on the ground i do all that stuff and Bless there's your no, heart. yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta have those two there's definitely a lot of parks where you don't have to have anywhere close to that kind of experience, um, you know, unless you want to. Uh, so, um, I mean, they got these luxury resorts now, which just blow me away when I see the pictures. So, yeah, my husband took me on my birthday, um, not last year, but the year before to a luxury RV um, camp um, up in Red Bluff of California. Okay. And it had a pool. I was able to get a massage. <laughs> it was just like everything, you know, and we brought yeah. our trailer with us and the level of customer service that was there to help us troubleshoot, you know, how to get on the, the cable system to knowing, you know, our way around the parks, you know, I think it's also important to let people know, like once they get there, that they'll be welcomed. And the way that we convey welcoming in, you know, everything that we do is, preparing people for what to expect. And then once they're there, letting them know what's available for them to be able to make the most out of their experience. I think, I think when I talk to park owners um, and uh, things about some of these topics, they uh, mention, you know, well, we're not trying to be unwelcome or anything, you know, they just don't come, I guess what, you know, what's your response to that? Like, you know, when you're talking about minorities and well, yeah. I, you know, I don't speak for all minorities, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just so black American and, and I know like there's definitely, um, a history there, you know, yeah. like I mentioned before, there were, you know, places where there were signs that said, Oh, no blacks can swim in this pool or use this water fountain and, you know, use this public recreation area. And I think that there is definitely, um, a little bit of memory about those experiences, and so sometimes we have to be explicit. We just have to be explicit about the invitation. Like everyone's welcome here. It doesn't have to be, hey, black people, we want you to yeah. come. <laughs> just, I think just getting the word out, you know, because people just don't know what they don't know. And I think that the more that you, you know, get the opportunities out in front of more people, if it's the same people who've been coming and it's not just, you know, it's really every park system that I've seen. It's like you have the same families that have been coming for years and they all know, you know, when to reserve and they know the systems and they get in there. And, you know, if you don't know, you wouldn't know how to, you know, get involved with these yeah. different properties. So it's important to get the information out there to everyone. And it's important to think about the next generation as well, um, because people who show up in these experiences with Outdoor Afro, are mostly multi-generational families. Yeah. So have, 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 have the public facilities kept pace? The, the federal, the state parks, are they uh, better to work with, easy to work with, or are there, are there challenges there that just are, are hard to overcome? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to sometimes the reservation system being hard to navigate for people. So I think the easier you make it for people to get online, see what's available, see what attractions are nearby, um, it lets people know exactly what they're walking into. And given that we have decentralized systems online and we have um, at the federal level, especially, you know, the lag time behind the world in the use of these technologies, um, it does make it tougher for people to get involved. But I know 
from all my experiences in working that, you know, these are all places that have been just so welcoming with open arms. And I think it's just a holy grail question of how, um, but I think it depends on your audience. Um, it's just marketing 101 stuff here. Um, you know, knowing your audience and, and crafting messaging or using platforms to reach a relevant audience if you want it. I mean, that's the other piece of it too. You may not really care and that's okay too. <laughs> but I know that there is a market opportunity that's being missed by not letting more people know about camp opportunities, especially in a time when people are overwhelmingly saying yes to these opportunities. Looking, uh, looking ahead, I guess, what are you guys focused on for Outdoor Afro in the next few years, I guess, continuing to find volunteers to do these events and things? Well, you know, I, the word that I've been using the last month in the month where, you know, I launched a book and a clothing line. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and of course, you know, the, the good work of Outdoor Afro that's happening day in and day out. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's important to take a moment and just savor it. Yeah. You know, I think the society is so oriented around like, what's next? What are you going to yeah. do next? You know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time for pause. A lot of great work's been happening. Um, a lot of work that we've uh, been at for the last couple of years is coming online right now. Um, so I am, you know, very present uh, to how I can continue to steward what, what's happening right now. Um, but I think, you know, further out in the future, I would love for Outdoor Afro to develop its own campsite, a place that's not just about camping, but a place for learning. There's just aren't enough places. Um, if you weren't raised in a family like mine to learn how to grow things or learn how to pitch a tent or learn how to build a fire safely. So I would love to have a demonstration site for Outdoor Afro where we can really have a, a base camp to, provide training and other experiences for communities just to come and learn and have hospitality as part of it. Are there any thoughts to partnering like with groups like Go RVing and things that already have some of that stuff available? Yeah, I mean, I, I have definitely, um, you know, in those early years of Outdoor Afro been in good contact with Go RVing. Um, and so I'm open. I just, you know, I, I'm a RV enthusiast myself, so it's not a hard sell. Um, but I'm open to the opportunity to figure out how we can get this wonderful way of camping in front of more people um, so yeah. that they may choose it. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd also point out that it's, it's probably never been a more exciting time to get involved in the ownership and management of, of campgrounds yep. too, because getting into that, that aspect of a career uh, for every minority, is, it's, it's never been greater. There's never been more need for, for rightly trained management in these facilities, there's never been uh, a more exciting time to invest in uh, in the ownership of a, of a campground too. So that that's another great way to, to drive diversity. Yeah, I would love that um, because I think again, people just don't know about these opportunities, and you know, and and people are looking for very niche, you know, um, ways to get connected to the outdoors. Um, so we'd love to keep that conversation going and growing. Yeah. And I think on the ownership side, I think some of that diversity is growing. I know we have a great uh, uh, profile that we'll be running in our next issue on uh, on some people that immigrated to the U.S. and and now have a KOA. 
So, um, and I know we've spoken with a couple of folks in Alabama um, who built their RV park from the ground up. So it's great uh, to see more diversity in the ownership side of things as well. So um, I love that. Yeah. But um, well, thank you, Rue, for uh, taking the time to join Mike and I. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just been fun to get to see you in person through Zoom, I guess, and to get to talk with you. And um, uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. And um, we'll see you at the next show. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Congratulations on the book, Rue. That, that's really yeah. a great step. Thank yep. you. Thank you for listening to WCM's Park Update, a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Join us for a new show each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn for daily news and updates, and subscribe to our news feed on our website at woodallscm.com. Show hosts are Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. Executive producers Rick Kessler and Alex Burkett. Copyright 2022, G&G Media Group.